As we continue worshiping together today, siblings, I invite you to turn in your Bibles or Bible apps to the letter to the Romans, the 8th chapter, beginning in the 26th verse. Let us receive together the Word of God. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know how to pray as we ought, but that very Spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words, and God, who searches the heart, knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. We know that all things work together for good, for those who love God, who are called according to his purpose. For those whom he foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the image of his Son, in order that he might be the firstborn within a large family. And those whom he predestined, he also called. And those whom he called, he also justified. And those whom he justified, he also glorified. What then are we to say about these things? If God is for us, who is against us? He who did not withhold his own Son, but gave him up for all of us, will he not with him also give us everything else? Who will bring any charge against God's elect? It is God who justifies. Who is to condemn? It is Christ Jesus who died, yes, who was raised, who is at the right hand of God, who indeed intercedes for us. Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Will hardship, or distress, or persecution, or famine, or nakedness, or peril, or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all day long. We are accounted as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Receive what the Spirit is saying. Thanks be to God. Thank you. Thank you. I am so thankful to be with you today. What a great privilege this is. I had so hoped to be with you in person so that we could share signs of peace and joy together and celebrate and worship. But you know what they say about the best laid plans of mice and people. But we're getting used to this virtual platform and it's likely to be with us uh, for a while longer, but I don't know about you, but I miss being in community. I miss singing hymns, although you didn't hear me a while ago, but I was singing hymns sitting right here in my living room. You know, we are people that are built to be in community together, but I do give thanks for, for this less than perfect option of connecting with people like you. I've worshiped in more churches than ever before. I've attended more meetings than ever before and even enjoyed a meal with family and, and even each week gather with friends for our own version of a virtual happy hour. So here we are together in this unique 
and what now seems to be fairly normal way. Like many of you, I keep looking for something normal, something familiar. And one way I have done that is to return to familiar scripture, scripture that has spoken to me in the past. Scripture like Isaiah 43, do not fear for I have redeemed you. I have called you by name and you are mine. Or Psalm 139, you are marvelously and wonderfully made. I actually like it better in Spanish. The passion in some words just doesn't always translate. Maravillosa son tus obras. I love the word maravillosa. So can you imagine my surprise when I realized that today's lectionary text was from Romans chapter 8. Oh, this is an incredibly, incredibly rich text. The Spirit comes to help our weakness. When we don't know what to pray, the Spirit intercedes for us. We know that God works all things together for good. If God is for us, who could possibly be against us? Who will separate us from the love of Christ? Hardship? No. Distress? No. Persecution? No. Famine? No. Nakedness? Peril? Sword? No. Neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor debt, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Friends, nothing, not a thing can separate us from the love of Christ. No pandemic, no injustice, no economic uncertainty, no church separation. No now more than ever that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Now, this doesn't mean you live a haphazard life, but it does mean that you live in the confidence of God's unfailing, unfaltering, never-changing love. I call that grace. There is the assurance, the freedom in living as if nothing can separate you from God's love. Now, if you follow me long enough, you'll quickly learn that it is not a Cynthia Harvey sermon without at least one reference to Frederick Beekner, Hear what he says. We are above all things loved. That is the good news of the gospel. And loved not just the way we turn up on Sundays in our best clothes and in our best behavior with our best feet forward, but loved as we alone know ourselves to be. The weakest, and shabbiest of what we are, all along with the strongest and the gladdest. To come together as people who believe that just maybe, just maybe this gospel is actually true. Should we come together like people who've just won the Irish sweepstakes, he says. It should have us throwing our arms around each other like people who've just discovered that every single man and woman in those pews or across these little squares is not just another familiar, uh, unfamiliar face, 
but is our long lost brother and our long lost sister because despite the fact that we have all walked in different gardens and knelt at different graves, we have all, humanly speaking, come from the same place and heading out into the same blessed mystery that awaits us all. Then he says, this is the joy that is so apt to be missing and missing not just from church, but from our own lives. The joy of not just managing to believe at least part of the time that it is true, that life is holy, but of actually running into holiness head on. Now y'all, and I bet you this captures in my mind the joy that comes from loving and being loved. We run into holiness head on. And the world is turned upside down right now. And those of you in the DC area feel and know this fragile state, perhaps even more than anyone. Hardly anything in our everyday life seems familiar. There is a health pandemic, a racial pandemic, economic pandemic, political pandemic, things most of us have never seen or heard or experienced in our lifetime. And yet in the midst of this upside downness, it is comforting to imagine the holiness of love, God's love in the midst of this chaos. Holiness and love in the midst of injustice, Holiness and love in the midst of uncertainty. Now, Joe is a wonderful man in the Louisiana Conference. He's a passionate man, very active in United Methodist Men. And you will not get past him ever, whether he knows you or not, without him asking you perhaps the most important question of the day. Has anybody told you they love you today? Then he gives you this giant smile and a hug and says, the Lord and I do. There are days at annual conference that I look for Joe because I need to hear those words. Sometimes we need people like Joe to remind us that God loves us. So what if someone stumbled into this live stream? What would they hear? What would they experience? I know it's a little harder these days, but could they experience the love of God? Would they get a sense that this is a place where they can experience bumping into and falling into that holiness? Would they know that this is a place where they can be loved no matter what? Because you know in every fiber of your being that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ. So maybe the Beatles had it right. All you need is love. Now the lyrics, interestingly, from this commissioned piece were intended to be simple since it had to be understood by everyone around the world. There was actually some criticism that the lyrics and the general sentiment were a bit naive. There's nothing you can do that can't be done. Nothing you can sing that can't be sung. Nothing you can say, but you can learn how to play the game. 
all you need is love. Love is all you need. They really wanted to give the world a message that could not be and would not be misunderstood. It is a clear message saying that love is everything. And we know that to be true. The scriptures are filled with references to love, not romantic love, but the love of God. The Gospels are chocked full with messages of love that say to people like you and me that love is everything. To love and be loved by another and most importantly by God is everything. The great commandment, you must love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your being, and with all your mind, and you must love your neighbor as yourself. No other commandment is greater than these, Jesus said. There is no other commandment that is greater than to love as God loves. Love no matter what. Love as if there is nothing, nothing that can get in the way of it. Our call is to personify love, to be love to a world that might not know love. You see, love is a gift. Love is a verb. Love is something you do. Love is something that you give. When we love as God loves us, we move into this, this very thin place, a threshold place, an entrance, a place filled with possibility, a messy yet fulfilling kind of place, a place where we bump up against the holy We've all had these kinds of experiences when we find ourselves in those places where we're overtaken by an extraordinary sense of love running into holiness head on. The birth of a child, the death of a loved one, a wedding, a graduation, a simple smile from a friend. Friends, you are a gift to the church. At a time when our world and our church is in turmoil, you are here. You keep turning up week after week because somewhere, somehow, you know that nothing can separate you from God's love. You are running into holiness, this holiness that we call love. You're running into it head on. And there's a whole world out there that needs to know that kind of love. As a church, we love faces possible schism and splintering and brokenness and separation over LGBTQ matters. You continue to show up and you say, not on my watch. I love too much. I love like God loves. You know that everyone you know that everyone deserves to love and be loved. You know that, that to God there is no distinction, slave or free, Greek or Jew, male or female, there are no distinctions for we were all made in the image of God. So don't let anyone ever tell you ever again that you are incompatible with Christian teaching. How can that be? If you are a child of God, made in the image of God, 
how in the world can anyone say that anyone is incompatible with Christian teaching? That would be like saying that you're incompatible with God who created you in his own image. That very statement is antithetical to the gospel. Say it again. That very statement is antithetical to the gospel because nothing separates us from the love of God. But here we are in this unprecedented place and time. The world, our communities, the United Methodist Church have never seen anything like this before. So who knows what will happen? Yet you are here. The world has shifted. The church has shifted. Yet you are here. God is still calling people. God is calling people like you today. You know that fear and love can't go together. You know that love casts out all fear. You've been called by love, God's love for you, and your call to love neighbor. For our founder, John Wesley, all that God is and God does is motivated by love. Author Mildred Bangs Wincoop, I think that's how you pronounce her name, a Nazarene and a holiness scholar said in her book, a Theology of Love, that to be Wesleyan is to be committed to a theology of love. Love was probably no easier for Wesley than it is for some of us. He was probably not easy to love, and I'm guessing it wasn't easy for him to love. He was quite a rebel. He fought the establishment and, and challenged the status quo. John Wesley was denied the opportunity to preach in his home church. So Wesley went out to the only plot of ground that actually belonged to his father's grave. And it was from there that he preached, just outside the church. I would guess that Wesley was not loved by the establishment. He was criticized for his unorthodox ways. He, he preached outside the church walls, which was considered evil to the Anglicans. As a Methodist, we are part of a legacy of reluctance and resistance. Strangely comforting, isn't it? But remember your baptismal covenant to resist evil, injustice, and oppression in whatever forms they present themselves. Resistance is baked into us. Our Wesleyan legacy is one of love and an assurance that in all things God is with us and nothing separates us from the love of God. Friends, there, there is someone out there waiting for someone just like you to share the unmatchable, unfathomable love of God that can go up against COVID, racial injustice, human sexuality, any day, every day. They're waiting for you. Right, left, black, white, Republican, Democrat, traditionalist, progressive, gay, straight, and everything in between. They are waiting for you. They're waiting for you to show them what life is like when nothing separates you from the love of God. They are waiting for you to show them what life 
is like when nothing separates you from the love of God. They're waiting for you to love them, to help them order their life by love. If you show them love, they will love you. You will teach them and they you that nothing can separate us from the love of God. Because to disciple is to love and to love is to disciple. Love is the bedrock of the gospel. It is the bedrock of who we are and who we are called to be. We are made in the image of God to carry out a life of love, a love that punches holes in the darkness, a love that sees the hunger for acceptance in person's lives, a love that speaks truth into the world. This is courageous love. And we need to be that person to those who, who are living on life's ragged edge, and yes, even those who seem to have it all together, but don't. We all need to know that we are not only loved, but beloved. That we are children of God, chosen by God. We are God's beloved sons and daughters, chosen to help mend broken people, broken communities, broken homes. We are God's beloved, chosen to love as God loves. Our call to love can change the trajectory of the world. Our call to love can change people, situations, and circumstances. Our call to love can change this church, and it can change the United Methodist Church. Our call to love can change you and me. Amen.